like what? <laughs> That's Tim Conway and Harvey Corman, of course. And, you know, when my producer and I went through the possibility, mean, it's like, what do you choose? There are so many possibilities. Kelly Conway, uh, the author of My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so excited to speak with you, and I'm smiling Aww. just talking to you. Because your father, you know this, you wrote about this in the book, he put so many smiles on so many millions of faces all over the world, really, and through YouTube and through many TV stations, uh, we're still smiling and still laughing. That must make you feel good in a way. Well, I'm I'm smiling right now just hearing the clip that you just played, Um, because just his voice and his... Um, and his lack of facial facial expression, just that deadpan. Um, I just love hearing it. Yeah, he, and it took some of the sting out of him passing away and not being here any longer. That he made so many people so happy, and they still watch him and they still love him. And it's it it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. I don't even know if he knew how many people loved him like that. So there you are watching Antenna TV or something, or just flipping channels, <laughs> and you come across something like what we just saw. Carol Burnett mm-hmm. celebrating her 90th birthday. There's going to be a TV special in a couple of months. So when you see your dad, does it make you feel good, kind of sad? You were there, as you describe in the book, for some of these tapings, or at least the rehearsals, the dress rehearsals. How, do, how does it make you feel? I sometimes, most of the time I laugh. Sometimes I cry if I'm, if I'm missing him. I mean, I miss him every day. Um, but it, it just, it makes me, cause he's so funny and it makes me happy knowing that other people get to watch him and how lucky are we that we, I can pull up YouTube and watch him any day or anytime I want. So that's, a, that's kind of a gift, you know? Um, it, he, he just, there's nothing I don't think there's any there's nothing bad that happened out of his career or controversy or anything like that. So there's nothing but good memories of him, I think. So this you is know, not... I think I would have I would have heard about something bad if it was, you know. Oh, of course. And this is not a daddy dearest book by any means. In fact, much of the book is spent just uh, example after example, and you smile when you read it, because you can imagine Tim Conway doing this, but to you and your, what, 57 brothers? He was a great mm-hmm. dad, huh? He's such a good dad. He he worked uh, late Thursday and Friday nights. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays were not that long a day. Monday, he kind of was a half day, but on the weekends, he was all in for my five younger brothers and I and um, probably gave my mom a little bit of a break on the weekends because she's <laughs> hanging out with us all week. But, um, but yeah, everything was, it wasn't just, uh, hey, let's go to the grocery store. It was, uh, let's everybody grab a cart and uh, $5 to the kid who catches the most groceries that I throw over the aisle into the next aisle just to kind of keep us busy and to shut up for a few minutes so he could <laughs> grab some eggs and butter. Um, so we would, uh, everything was a game or a challenge in a good way. Like um, uh, I wrote about the, he wouldn't just have us invite our friends over for 
a pool party, he would have a swim meet and he would put lanes in the pool with, with water, with uh, garden hoses and trophies and, and a barbecue for the athletes after. So it was, it was, it was a really fun life. It still is, but it was a great childhood. But one of the many lessons he taught you since you brought up swimming is the time mm-hmm. you didn't win. You thought you could or should have, but you didn't. And and that was a lesson for you among many other lessons that you point out in the book, correct? Yes. I thought I should have won because I've, I'm his only daughter and the eldest of all the boys. And... um I thought I should have won because he's my best pal, but it turned out that one of my brothers swam faster and uh, I'm crying, you know, at the edge of the pool because I didn't win. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a lesson and a bit of a reality check as to what some uh, organizations and schools are doing today where everybody kind of gets a trophy no matter what you do. And he's yeah. like, uh-uh. That's not going to work. <laughs> you, have to, you have to swim harder and faster, and you have to train during the week to swim faster on Saturday. So we did. Well, and it taught you to work really hard. It taught you about a work yes. ethic at the same time in a, very, exactly. in a very positive way. And also you had, among your brothers, among everyone, it seems to be a very intense and special relationship with your dad. I want to stop there, and then we're going to pick it up after a break because the book is about something else, too. Uh, And Mm -hmm. this is the part of your dad's life when he became older and became ill. And then things kind of turned around in a way you never expected. And we'll talk about all of that when we come back at 2.16 on WGN. That is just the portion of that scene, which was greatly, I believe, ad-libbed Kelly Conway. I think most of what he did, I mean, they had a, they had a script, of course, but um, they had little sections in the script where they would just have my dad's name and then save my dad's name and then save, save, because he knew what he was going to do, but didn't want to tell anybody. So um, <laughs> they kind of planned on him doing something unplanned. Um, but that's what he was, that's what he was the best at, you know, and thank God that Carol and her husband, Joe Hamilton, let him do that because a lot of, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, either for an ego, uh, reason or, um, or just timing or whatever it is. Um, they let him do what he does best. So I think that's why it was pretty, so funny and magical, you know? Well, we're talking about the Carol Burnett Show. We're talking about your dad being Tim Conway before that, McHale's Navy. In between that and after that, lots of movies, including the Dorf movies. Uh, And your dad and mom divorced. Your dad then remarried. Things seemed okay at first, didn't they? Yeah, at first for a long time, for 30 years. And uh, Charlene was my dad's uh, second wife uh, affiliated with the Carol Burnett show. So we knew her and she was a friend of ours anyway. So it was great. You know, you hear so many nightmare stories about step parents and I thought I was pretty lucky because we already knew her and she was great. She was funny and fun and loved my dad. And for 30 something years, it was great. And then, um, then it kind of went a bit sideways uh, when my dad got sick. A bit and, sideways, um, a bit I'm thinking a bit yeah. more than, a bit more than that. All right, so this yeah. bu- this book to me is about a couple of different things. It's about one of the great comedians 
of all time. You also write a great deal about Harvey Korman and their relationship. They were kind of like uh, brothers with different mothers and all of that positive, upbeat and fun. And then you also write about what can happen potentially to families when someone becomes very ill. And it wasn't necessarily about money, I felt. It was more about power is the feeling I got. So explain what happened when your dad became ill. Well, it was nothing about money. Um, it was just that I wanted um, I wanted to see my dad. How about that? Like She started... Um, my stepmom, my former stepmom, Charlene, uh, was, I don't know. I, I, I understand when people, when you know somebody's fading and they're not going to be here much longer, that panic that would set in and that realization that, you know, what's going to happen. Um, so although I don't, I wouldn't do what she did, I understand the, the panic in that. But um, to have her uh, stop letting me see my dad, which you know, she knew the relationship my dad and I had. And, and of course she knew it, you know, she was with my dad for 30 years. And, um, I don't know, it, it was control or power, um, not money at all. My, uh, dream was just to have my dad at home and not being moved from facility to facility where it was unfamiliar and, you know, he, he earned the right to be at home, to be around familiar things and family and desk and pictures and stuff like that, um, that he didn't have at these awful facilities. And I still have no idea why it, that all happened that way. Um, it wasn't a financial thing. It was just, I don't know. I, I still don't know. And it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I did what I I did everything physically, mentally, everything possible to keep him the most comfortable and then eventually had to have a lawyer help me uh, just to get visitation to see him. Um, and that was that was pretty bad, knowing well, that I couldn't go in and see my dad. Oh, but it was more than that. You write about how uh, when he was still at home, uh, she wouldn't let you bring food over, food that he clearly yeah. liked. Uh, she wouldn't let him watch TV shows like the clips that we just heard from, for example, yeah. the old Carol Burnett shows, wouldn't let you yep. do things like that, which seems so incredibly benign and clearly things that either he needed in the case of nutrition at one point in time, but also needed sure. in the case of laughter. We all need that every day anyway. And when you're ill, mm -hmm. that is particularly helpful. And for your dad who loved to laugh. So it's, it, it, was odd more than odd it was i think it was abusive from with the way i read your book this is charlene uh still around she is as far as i know um i haven't talked to her since um since the funeral i haven't seen her since the funeral um and unfortunately even at the funeral where i thought there would be a day where everybody could just stop it's over stop fighting stop being crazy um she had our, my brothers and myself and all of our relatives and friends that traveled from around the country on one side of the church, almost like a wedding where you'd have a like bride and groom, and then all her friends and her side on the other side. So it's still divided. And there's, a, if you read the story about the funeral, um, there's a pretty yeah. uh, crazy thing that happened there too um, with Charlene. I don't know. It just, it went crazy. And that was, uh, you know, I was just wishing that day would have been a little more peaceful, but so what is, so why did you write the book? Is there a lesson 
for anyone because we we all in a family are going to have uh, be under the same circumstance in that someone who gets older yeah. may become ill. Uh, maybe there's a lesson to avoid somehow, some way. Exactly what happened with your family? I'm not. I'm not sure how you could have avoided that, though. I don't think I could have, and I try, believe me, I tried to. I I put it off for a long time. I didn't want to have a lawyer. I never had to have a lawyer in my life about anything. You know, I'm pretty. I'm a rule follower. You know, so you don't have to have lawyers when you follow rules. And and um, so I. The lesson is, um, I mean, like I said, I fought so hard for my dad and I knew he knew I was fighting and I just wanted to see him and wanted him comfortable. And I wanted him at the, with the right doctors, not at a community hospital, you know, where I, I don't think, I think the best doctors are going to UCLA, Cedar sinai uh, you know, St. John's, all the big hospitals in LA. In LA, I don't think they're at community hospitals in the Valley. So I, I just... I don't think the the right care was there, and I didn't want anything but just to be involved and to be cut out of that was pretty devastating. And for anybody that is going through it, this happens from what I learned going through this, that it happens a lot more than we think it does of step-parents of adult children, and their parent is, you know, ailing or getting older, and the step-parents keep the children from seeing the other parent. So I... the the attorney that helped me with it, uh, not very much. He didn't help me, but um, they put a whole new division on in their firm just for stuff like this. So it happens more than we think. Well, I think the best way in which the attorney you had helped you is that, well, you helped him make a lot of money is a better way to put it. I mean, so so do you have any advice for people? We only have a minute here who might find themselves veering in that direction so they don't. I just keep trying, and 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 if you believe that something's uh, not uh, ethical or or good for the person who is sick and not doing well, if they can't speak for themselves, don't give up. Just keep trying. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but do I I I tried and tried and tried, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I'm at peace with how it. Um, how it turned out, I didn't really get, you know, the law really wasn't on my side because that power of attorney, that that piece of paper has more power than we think because mm-hmm. it's just, you can't do anything. So, um, like I said, I didn't, it wasn't about money. It was, it was just about me seeing my dad and spending time with him and having him being comfortable and having familiar things around him, like a blanket that he'd have from home or a picture in the facility of friends or family. So, well, much more uh, in the book, uh, Kelly Conway's yeah. book, My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad. Uh, Kelly, it is a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, are you doing well? I'm doing great. I, um, I'm i a wardrobe stylist. I do, I do TV and commercials out here in L.A., and um, I have a great group of friends. I love my five brothers, and we're still that little wolf pack that um, that I write about. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I, I like where I am. All right. Well, I'm tugging on my ear, Carol Burnett style for you. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you.